Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. As the season progresses, so does duck hunting. On this episode, I'm going to give you tips on how to hunt every phase of the duck season. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast and YouTube channel, helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanitas, and today we're talking about what changes as the season goes on with regards to duck hunting. What happens that changes the behavior of the ducks, that changes the habitat, that changes the way you need to hunt and the strategies that you use and how can you shift and adapt with it and even look forward to the coming changes as the year goes on. Now guys, if you're new to the podcast, just go ahead and keep on listening. And if you're not new and you haven't subscribed, you need to do that. And please go ahead to iTunes, leave a five-star review with a comment. It is the number one way to help the show grow and reach more people. would really appreciate it. So duck hunting can be broken up, I break it up anyway, into three main phases of the season. Now first, let me get a big disclaimer here. What I'm about to talk about on this episode cannot and will not apply to everyone everywhere. There's just, there's just no way. Habitat changes, weather changes. If you're hunting ducks in Maine versus Florida, you know, things are going to be different. There's going to be things in this strategy and, and things here that you can maybe glean from, but it's not all going to be exactly like this where you hunt. All right, the ducks in your area and the way they move through your area is going to be unique and it can differ you know, every every 50 miles or so, you could have different duck hunting experiences and, and just different ways that the animals use that area. So I'm going to try to talk here in some generalities. Some of this is specific to, to the region and area that I hunt, but I am well-read and well-studied on the subject. So I'm going to try to apply here as much as I can so that no matter where you are, you can gain something. 
but just know in advance there's no way that all of this is going to be applicable to everybody it's just not possible all right so there's three main phases and and this is how i classify it and break it up other people may do it differently but you have the early season which is basically late summer early fall then you have the core of the season and then you have the late season all right and um, you know, you could draw some parallels here to how deer hunting changes as the season goes on. But in reality, there's very few things that are in common with deer or any other game out there. Waterfowl is very unique and how the changing season and progression affects waterfowl hunting is very unique. I don't know anything else that this directly applies to, um, which is great because... Um, you know, as, as deer season goes on, things get harder the further you get. Whereas for duck season, that is not necessarily the case, but it will change. And if you're trying to use early season tactics for late season, you're just not likely to have great success with that. Too many things are different. So you've got the early season. Now, exactly when this is, is going to depend on where you live. But we're just going to go ahead and classify that period of time like this. When the season opens. Wherever you are, whenever the season opens, that's your early season. Now, in my state, and I believe a fair number of other states, you have an early season hunting window that opens up for a period of time. And then the season closes. And then the season comes back in again and then runs for a while till the end. So I'm... There's reasons for that, and different states have different reasons as for why they time it when they do and so on. Um, what's interesting is that, you know, states often will set these parameters statewide, even though the duck habitat and duck habits vary widely across their state, from north to south, from east to west, you know, things can be very different. So on one hand, your season may seem like it opens too early and it doesn't make any sense, but perhaps on the other side of your state, that's the perfect time for it to open. And whoever made that call, they were, they were getting the most volume from that side of the state. Uh, vice versa, you, know, could, you, you might not understand why this timing is the way that it is, um, but it could be because in other places in your state, that makes a lot more sense. And it could also be that whoever set the time frames for your state had no idea what they were doing, or they're basing it on historical data, perhaps, that's no longer as relevant as it once was. There's lots of reasons, okay? We're not going to get into that. That's another episode for another day. But you've got an early season. So whenever your season starts, that's the early season. And in the early season, more often than not, you're hunting resident ducks. Okay, those are the ducks, those are the birds that live in that area. There's probably going to be some migrating birds, of course, but the, the resident ducks are the ones you're primarily going after. So you've got different strategies, right? There may be some migration happening, but it's more or less going to be focused on resident ducks. Now, in some areas, that's not going to be that way. In some areas, you're already going to have migration when the early season opens, and that's fine. You can use core season tactics. But if you're hunting in a state where early season birds are the ones that are local, you got to hunt those birds differently. All right. What, what oftentimes happens is people watch all the duck hunting YouTube videos, 
and they watch all the duck hunting TV shows and they see the way they hunt ducks, which much of the time they're using core season tactics in duck hunting oasis states and areas. And then they try to take those same tactics and apply them where they live at different times of the season and they don't get the same results and they get discouraged, they get upset, they get jaded or you know whatever the case may be. And, you know, while those tactics that they saw may actually work really well, they're only going to work well either at certain times or in certain places or some combination of the two. So hunting in the early season is different. All right. You are not going to just set up and put out a big decoy spread and some spinners and some pulsating decoys and just a few thousand dollars worth of plastic floating in the water and then just have wave after wave of duck come in as the day goes on. That is just not gonna happen in the majority of places. Like I said, there are exceptions, but for most of the people listening to this, and I can tell who's listening based on what states you're coming from, because I can see that data at least partially, I can tell you that for most of the people listening to this, that is just not the way it's gonna be. The early season is different. So your early season duck hunting is going to be very similar to um, deer hunting. You got the early mornings and then you got the late afternoons and the first couple hours and the last couple hours of the day are going to be the ones where there's the most movement of ducks. What's going to happen is ducks wake up. They're going to fly to where they want to eat. They're going to eat and they're going to loaf and they're going to hang out. They're going to float around. They're going to sit in a field. They're going to do whatever they're going to do. And then when evening comes, they're either going to fly back to the roost or fly back to food and then to the roost. So you have minimal duck movement in the early season. They're not migrating. They're not flying all day. They're not flying all night. They're not constantly on the move, stopping the rest for a period of time and then moving on or filling an area. They're just doing their regular thing. And very rarely are they flying all day. Now, of course, a duck can fly whenever a duck wants to fly, all right? There will be ducks that fly all day long, but you're not having waves of ducks typically moving through an area. So you are doing a first light hunt or you're doing a last light hunt and or you're doing jump hunting in between, all right? And typically, you know, these massive decoy spreads are not that necessary in the early season because you're not trying to call in big groups of migrating birds. You're trying to get you know a handful of local birds that are flying down, going to their feeding spot. You're trying to get their attention. So the biggest key for early season duck hunting is you gotta find the ducks. It's not enough just to go to water and set up and put up a big spread that's visible from a distance and, and hunt from there. That is, I mean, it's just not sufficient for the early season. You, you need to find out where these ducks live. You need to find out where they want to go. You need to find out where they go to eat, where they go to loaf. And you need to set up, they call it on the X. All right, I hate that terminology because it, it, to me, it leaves a false impression of reality. And it's just distorted and skewed by the forums and perceptions and YouTube videos. And of course, I'm a guy that makes YouTube videos, but I'm just biased against this term because I think it's it just creates an idea in people's minds 
that is just not true to reality. But those ducks are going to go somewhere. Some with some predictability. Okay. Nothing is 100%. Nothing is 80%. These ducks are going to go somewhere though. And you need to learn. You need to scout. You need to find out the places that they like to hang out. Now, oftentimes, this is going to be water, water's edge, often where there's some cover, down branches, trees, things that are like that, places where they can hide. They're going to end up in these places at some point as the morning goes on. But first, they're going to eat. So you want to find where do they go to eat. And so there's different ways of doing this. Okay, the number one way, fastest way is to get out there morning after morning with binoculars, with boots, cover ground, scout, watch, look, learn. Now that takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. takes a lot of focus. When I say it's the fastest way, I mean in terms of, you know, it doesn't take you years to get that knowledge, right? You can get it in a couple weeks, but you got to invest. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The other way you do it is you just learn your area. You learn the water, where you hunt, and what's near you. You understand what areas, just over the course of seasons, you know, where have you seen birds? Where are they most likely at? In the early season, they're often going to be in similar places. Now, they may spend a lot of time over here at this creek bend, and then, you know, next year they're going to spend more down here at this creek bend. But you know those creek bends are the kind of places that they're often at. And so you just develop this knowledge over time of being out there, of hunting, of having success, of getting skunked, and of jump hunting, which is something that not a lot of people talk about. In fact, I think I don't think I've ever heard anybody say what I'm about to tell you. And that is one of the best ways to learn where to set up with a decoy spread is by jump hunting. Because you're walking the water, you're covering ground, you're hunting, but you're also scouting. You're finding out, okay, where are these birds in the middle of the day? Well, they had to get there at some point, right? They had to get there. And so you learn by walking and hunting, and you're going to get a few birds jump hunting. You absolutely will. Now, it's jump hunting is not easier than, than a good decoy spread, but you can only have a good decoy spread if, one, you have decoys, two, you get there early, three, you set up where the ducks want to be. That's, that's a bunch of things that all have to happen at once. And even then success is never guaranteed. But if you're jump hunting, if you're walking and jump hunting means trying to get the jump on birds that are on the water or on the ground. 
So you're, you're basically still hunting and trying to get close to these birds to get a shot at them, either while they're on the water or flushing them and shooting them out of the air. Um, and while you're doing that, you're learning. You're learning where do you find these ducks. And you know after a few seasons, you learn where are they often at. You know, they're not always going to be the exact same spot, but you begin to learn, okay, this time of the year, there are ducks in this area. So then you can sort of hone that in. You can then focus your scouting and you can set up in those areas with decoys in the morning and you can hunt those areas with some effectiveness because you've gained this knowledge over time. Uh, That's my favorite way to do it. But of course, if you're new to hunting, you, you don't have that. Right, you got to get out there, and so I'd recommend jump hunting being one of the best ways to get out there, learn your area. You don't have to buy decoys to get started. You don't have to spend much money at all. You're just walking the water, trying to find birds. All you need is a way to recover them. Uh, so that's sort of the early season. Okay, these birds they're moving little, and decoy spreads absolutely can be super effective but only if you know where those birds are going to be where they like to go what they want to do at that time of day when you're hunting them all right it's just not the same and also all day hunts in a blind don't really work all right it's just not it's not conducive to this part of the season now unless you're you're you know you could go out and set up and you're going to hunt in the morning until i don't know till 10 till 9 or 10 and then after that you leave, go get lunch, go home, do some work, get back out there at, you know, four o'clock and then hunt the last couple hours over the same decoy spread. You know, that's, that's definitely viable, but, um, you know, you just got to realize sitting there all day is not going to be productive. So you've got early season. Also, you have a lot of vegetation in the early season. I mean, you've got greenery. It's easy to hide, although it's also easy for ducks to hide. So it it goes both ways. So it's a benefit to the hunter. It's also a benefit to the duck. I personally will take the benefit to the hunter though. Yeah, the duck can hide better, but um, you know, hunters are much worse at hiding than ducks are. So anything that gives me an advantage, I'm going to take. Also wind. So when you're hunting ducks in the early season, you've got a lot of cover and the wind can help you so much if you're jump hunting. And this is absolutely huge. The best days to go out jump hunting are bare none or bar none in the early season windy days. Uh, you know, and 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 it almost can't be too windy. All right. Now if it's gale force winds, you don't just you shouldn't be out there. It's probably cold. It's probably gonna gonna be hard to recover birds. It's probably not safe, but pretty much any safe amount of wind is ideal. Because in the early season, there's vegetation everywhere, leaves on branches. You got all sorts of greenery and shrubbery and all sorts of things. They all move with the wind. So when you're walking through the woods, when you're trying to walk along water's edge, you're going to do two things. You're going to make noise and you're going to create movement. But if you've got wind, that helps cover your noise and the movement created by all the branches helps cover your movement. Whereas in the late season, there is no vegetation left. The wind blows and maybe some of the trees sway. You could tell by looking at the branches up top, but very little to help you, the hunter, walking along the ground. 
you need to maximize the use of wind in the early season. So if you're jump hunting, if you're walking on foot, even you're scouting, but you're on foot trying to figure out where these ducks are, whether you just have binoculars or a shotgun, the windy days are superb. Now, wind is also a benefit for various other kinds of hunting, but these ducks are going to be somewhere. They got to go somewhere. They're always somewhere. 24 hours a day, the ducks are somewhere. And if you're looking for those ducks, the wind is going to help you. Now, people say, well, you know, windy days are good for hunting over decoys because the ducks like to fly more in the wind. You can predict what direction they're going to land in when you have the wind, all these things. Yeah, all good, all great. But when it comes to jump hunting, those ducks are going to be on the water sooner or later. They're going to be there. You're going to find ducks somewhere and the wind can help you get closer and get busted less often. I've had hunts where I'm, I'm, I'm walking through the woods while the wind blows. When the wind stops, I stop. When the wind picks up again, I pick up again. And I'm moving with the wind, using the wind to cover my movement. And you're like, well, that helps the ducks too. Sure. But I know where those ducks are most likely going to be. They're going to be on the water along water's edge. So I'm looking for them using the wind to my advantage. And it's going to help me more than it's going to help them. So early season. Then you've got the core of the season. And this is the stuff that you see most of the videos and TV shows and things about. You've got migrating birds. They're coming in. They're flying through. You're setting up decoy stands and you're, you're going to be out there and wave after wave comes through. Now that really depends on where you live, guys. You know, I have n almost never seen wave after wave just come through all day in western Pennsylvania. Um, we're, we're not a major flyway area here. Now you go over to the other side of PA, it's a different story. They've got, they've got huge water that runs north to south. They've got a lot more ducks that come through that area that migrate like that. Where I'm at, you see ducks come through. They do migrate, but it is not wave after wave all day. That said, Setting up over decoys and the core of the season is often the best time to do that because you got ducks are moving through. So, you know, jump hunting works good when the ducks are on the water, when they're loafing, when they're hanging out, when they live there. But in once middle of the season comes, a lot of the resident ducks, they leave and then you've got other ducks coming in and those ducks may or may not even stop in that area. You know, you're trying to get them to stop with your decoy sometimes. You're trying to call them in. You're trying to, to be them, them. They're flying through and they're tired and they've been in the air for a couple hundred miles. And then they see your decoy spread and they hear some ducks down there and they think, oh, that's there's got to be food there. That's got to be a good place to go land, take a rest. And you're trying to bring those birds in. So in the middle of the season, what you're looking for is not so much where do the ducks that live here want to go and normally go, but where do the ducks that are flying through like to stop and where are they stopping? So often what will happen, and of course this is not always, but often you will have flights of birds that come through, something is pushing them, maybe there's a storm, maybe a cold front, and, and they're flying a few hundred miles, they come in, they land in an area, and they hang out there for a few days. They rest, they relax, they eat, they get their strength up, they get their calorie count back up, 
and then you know the weather changes again the wind changes temperature changes storm rolls through they just get the itch whatever the case is then they pick up and go again and they take another sprint south so what you're looking for is what are the ideal places that they like to stop and then the best case scenario is you're getting out there a couple days a week a couple mornings whatever time really and you're looking for birds at those places you're getting your binoculars out or you're hiking through the woods a little bit you're not going all the way to water's edge you're not getting close enough to spook them you're scouting and you're trying to figure out okay where are the birds are they here yet how many are here there's some water over here there's there's a half a dozen birds over there all right there's a there's a pond down here well there's several dozen birds there okay well that's probably where you want to set up tomorrow that's where you want to get your stuff to you want to get in there because you know you've got a lot of birds in the area they're using that water and those are the kind of places or close to those places if they're roosting there you don't want to go and hunt the roost most of the time should you hunt the roost and when should you hunt the roost that's another episode for another day but you want to try to get close to where these birds are at they're in the area they're hanging out there for a while um, you know, sometimes you could get too greedy and just keep looking and looking and you see more birds coming into an area and you think, okay, there's a lot of birds coming in there. I'm going to go hunt there tomorrow and I'm going to wait a few more days till more birds come in and then you get out there and they're gone. They've already moved on. They've already left. So you just, you need to find birds and find out the places where birds like to stop. And you're more looking for those kind of areas. Now, if you live in a place that is the destination, well, you know, that's a whole nother set of rules and criteria. And not all of this is going to apply. But most people don't live in the destination. They live along the route. So you've got that going on. And that's where decoys work good. Spinners work. Pulsating decoys in the water work. Good old-fashioned jerk rig that you made for for five dollars with a lead weight or a or a dumbbell that you connect throw out there and connect to a decoy and pull with a cord to get that thing to bob in the water that works just perfect this time of the season you're trying to make movement you're trying to make it look like your spread of ducks is alive awesome happy fun bunch of ducks so when other birds are flying by they see you and that's where they want to go so that's the core of the season. Does jump hunting still work in the core of the season? Absolutely. It is not the same, though, as it is in the early season. It is harder. It's also colder, which makes it a little bit more complicated and a little bit more difficult to hunt. All right. But we'll get more of that here as we move on. Again, depends on where you live. If, if you're hunting in Arkansas versus New York, it's going to be very different. Then you get to the late season. And when is the late season? Well, I define the late season as when the water starts to freeze up. Now, if you live in a place where it never freezes, you know, again, not all this is going to apply for you. But when you get to the late season, the water starts to freeze up. The ducks, where they can go, becomes more and more limited. Vegetation is gone cover is gone everything is dead everything is old everything is gray or yellow or just just completely dried up and shriveled and 
It's a lot harder to find cover, make cover. Although in some ways it's easier because you can use all this dead vegetation easily and you can keep it and take it with you. And uh, things like that are kind of nice. Whereas if you cut live vegetation every day after a few days, that's just not going to look very useful. But, um, you know, there's benefits, there's pros and cons. But the water's freezing up. So a lot of the places that birds were in the early season or the core season, they can't be there anymore. So they're going to move on. So now you're looking for open water. You're trying to find water that hasn't frozen up. So this is often, you know, big bodies of water. This is streams, rivers, creeks, things that have movement, spring-fed water. Um, you know, sometimes you got ponds, but they've got a lot of, they have a spring that feeds the pond and they've got a clear out on the other side of the pond. And that movement keeps that pond open, maybe not year round, but well into the late season. And that little pond, which the ducks couldn't have cared less about early in the season, becomes a haven for the birds in the late season. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So how do you hunt the late season birds? Well, you gotta find open water or you gotta find food. You gotta find fields, whatever they might be eating in. I'm used to hunting on water because in my area, the only habitat available for public land hunting is along water. There are no good field areas and things like that where ducks might go that I can hunt on that are public land. So you gotta find the water. And so what I like to do is we've got streams, we've got open water, get out there. And of course, you scouting always is helpful and necessary. But you want to find open water, ideally that can be seen from some distance. And that's where you want to set up your decoys. Now, does jump hunting work in the late season? Absolutely. Jump hunting always works. All right. It's always works. Um, but setting up with decoys on open moving water can work very well also. Um, do you need the big spreads of decoys? Well, here's the thing. The size of the decoy spread should not be based on anything you see on TV or on YouTube or read in a book. It should be based upon the size of the flights of ducks that you see in your area. So if you're seeing groups of, you know, five, six, seven, or eight ducks flying on a regular basis, you want to have more decoys than that. How many more? A few more. You want to have that many or more. You know, you don't need five dozen if you're seeing groups of five. You know, if you get five to ten is all you need. 
Now, if you're seeing gr groups of 20 and 50 flying by, well, that's when more decoys can really help. All right, a few decoys can always work. There's always a chance that you can pull in ducks. Ducks are not as, um, huh, what's the term for this? I don't know that there is a real term for it. Uh, geese are more care more about the number of decoys that you have than ducks. You know, it's it's much harder to bring in a flight of ten geese if you only have five decoys. If you got five decoys, you're you're usually going to pull five or less geese. That just seems to be the the way that it works more often than not. Again, nothing is absolute, but more often than not, it's harder to pull more more geese than you have decoys. So with geese, the general rule of thumb is, you know, the more the better, but again, it depends on how many are you seeing in your area. If you see groups of 500 flying overhead, and I have, you, you are not going to interest that 500 geese with a dozen decoys. A very little chance that's going to appeal to them. You need ridiculous numbers of decoys to get their attention, to make it look like this is a, you know, a goose oasis. It's, it's almost like they realize, okay, they know how many they are flying, and, you know, unless the party's bigger than the party they currently have, they're not interested. Ducks are not as much that way, but there is still some of that. You know, if you see groups of three dozen ducks flying around, it's going to be hard to pull them in with a half dozen decoys. All right. But you got to know your area. And of course, you know, how many decoys can you really afford and get to the water? I've reached the point in my duck hunting career where I have more decoys than I can transport to the water for most hunts. You know, if we're dragging a sled through the woods, there's only so many decoys that I can put on that sled that I can drag through the woods that I can get to the water without killing myself. And so I am limited based on those physical limitations. If you take more guys, you can have more sleds, you can have more decoys. Or if you're able to back your truck down to the water and just unload hundreds of decoys, well, more power to you. Uh, there are a couple places that I hunt that I could back a truck down, you know, within 10 yards of the water. However, there's not enough water there to use those kind of decoys, even if I had them. There's just, there's nowhere to put them. The water's too deep. It moves too fast. Um, it's just hard to rig those kind of decoys in areas like that. But you do whatever you can with whatever area that you have. But in the late season, you're trying to get those ducks that are focused along waterways. Now, I kind of like the late season. I actually, it's one of my favorite times to be out hunting because I think it's easier because the number of places you can go are smaller and the ducks are more focused and concentrated. So if you can find open water, you're not competing with every farm pond and backyard pond and small lake and everything else. You know, that's all dried up and gone. You only have the open water. So I think it's easier in a lot of ways to hunt the late season. Now it can be cold. All right, this is a real issue. I've gone hunting on mornings where it was seven degrees. Zero, seven Fahrenheit. So cold that your waders start to stiffen up and almost get hard. And and just and that's before you get them wet. Once you get them wet, then it's just like you're walking in like frozen cardboard boxes on your legs. Um, 
I mean, just stupid cold. But get down there, get suited up, drag your stuff into the into the down to the water, and have had good success hunting those kind of days. However, it's cold, and waterfowl hunting is wet. And so I've sat there, got the decoys in the water, realized an hour later, rings of ice a couple feet wide have frozen around the decoys. Just from because the air blowing, touching the decoys, is transmitting cold through the decoys into the water, creating little, little ice circles. And you're like, okay, this is ridiculous. And it is ridiculous. And, you know, you have to get up every so often and break the ice off the decoys and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, if it gets cold enough, it almost becomes more hassle than it's worth. All right. But you have to have gear to be able to survive those temperatures. So, you know, you're, you're, you're super awesome, high tech, expensive, really comfortable, nice, breathable waders. Those are not a great tool when it's seven degrees out. Okay. You think neoprene waders are the way to go if you want to stay alive. People say, well, just get just get breathable waders that have insulation that's removable, and then you can take it out and do all that stuff. You know, it's just still not as warm as neoprene. Neoprene, nothing resists cold water that I have found quite like neoprene. Some nice five millimeter neoprene nothing keeps out cold water as effectively as that. It's like magic. Um, now, of course, the breathable ones with insulation, those can keep you just as warm when you're sitting on the in, in the blind, but here's the problem. So you get up, you get in the water, you set up your decoys, you get back to the blind, you, those, though they freeze up, right? And then you got that water just freezes up to the outside, your insulation value, um, it's just it just doesn't keep you as warm as neoprene does, but you got to use whatever you can use. Stack layers underneath, merino, whatever kinds of of long johns you can get, but you got to stay warm. Keeping the hands warm is one of the hardest parts as well. You know, you just you because you're you're getting wet. You got water. How do you keep your hands warm and dry and still able to shoot a gun at a moment's notice? It can be difficult. Some people like to use thin liner gloves with a hand muff. Some people like to use heavy glommets that you can fold over. Some people like to use super duper expensive uh, gloves that just are still not as warm as they should be for what they cost. Some people just go with the hands in the pockets route. Whatever works for you, do that. But you just got to be prepared because you're, you're, you want to be set up. Ideally, you want to be out there set up and quiet you know, half hour to an hour, an hour's better before shooting light. And just let all the woods quiet down and settle down in case there were birds near you. You want them to forget you were there. You know, whatever the case may be, you want to let all that disruption go away. So you're sitting in the dark in ridiculously cold temperatures for an hour before first light. And then you're going to be there for a few more hours. It can be tough. And oftentimes you're going out on days when it's windy, it's snowy. Those are the better days. And you're just dealing with just unbearable circumstances. And then you're getting in the water. And so this is where, you know, I give the advice, never hunt alone. 
just try not to go out by yourself on days like this. Because what happens if you fall in the water and your waders fill up? People say, well, you're going to drown. That's really really an urban legend. That's not really what happens. If your waders fill up with water, actually you, you float more than you sink. The issue is getting cold. The issue is freezing the death. Now, you know, sometimes people, they get stuck. And this is a real thing. Every year, this seems to happen a couple times every year. Somebody's out in the water. They get stuck. They get their foot stuck in, in, in some logs under the water they don't know about. And they freeze to death standing in the water. They didn't, they didn't fill up with water. They didn't get wet per se. But they freeze to death standing in zero degrees out there in the water for hours. Nobody comes. You know, there's just too many variables. When you've got conditions that are that dangerous, you know, you really need to be careful. Try not to go out by yourself. You know, in the early season, so, you know, sometimes you can be out there hunting at 75 degrees. All right, well, you shoot a duck in deep water, you just swim out there. It's not a big deal. Get the duck, come back, get dressed. You know, that that can happen. When it's seven degrees, that ain't happening. And, and even trying it can get you killed. And so you have to think about, okay, how, how, what are safe ways to retrieve birds? What are safe ways to, to do this or to do that? And um, also, it's harder to move when you have all that gear on. So jump hunting becomes more difficult because you're so bulky. You got all this gear trying to keep you warm. And then you're trying to move quietly. And that just... <clears throat> those kind of things don't go together well. But the good news is, despite all these factors and variables, every season, every phase of the hunting season for ducks has pluses. In fact, a lot of people argue it gets better as it goes. And you know, some people, they think that the last week or two of the season... When the weather's the worst, when the most stuff is froze up, that's when they have the best action because it focuses and concentrates where the ducks are. So you start out in the early season hunting the resident birds, then you transition to the to the core migrating birds and and the, the, the most well-known part of the season in the core, and then you get to the late season where you're hunting whatever water or food sources are still open, concentrating those birds and focusing them. Each phase has its own challenges. Each phase has its own benefits. But I'm happy to report that the season does not get worse as it goes on. If you're able to stay out and you're able to have enough gear to keep you warm and still be out there and do it, it can actually get better every month of the season. So guys, I hope this is helpful for you. Head to the website, newhuntersguide.com. Check out the show notes, all the other episodes on duck hunting articles, reviews, links to videos on YouTube, so forth and so on. Get after it. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time, God bless you and go get them in the woods. <laughs>